Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day mate and welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today myself and JJ are jumping into UFC Fight Night. Blahovich up against Rakic. Thoughts and comments so we're going to be going through every single fight except I forgot we're not going through every single fight because the prelims have already been but what I'm going to do is quickly check through the results. We are about to open the main card the undefeated Jake Hadley up against Alan Nascimento. This should be a really quality main card opener as well. Very excited for it. I've actually taken Hadley by decision, but firstly, let me get to some of the prelims action. We had Andre Petrosky open the show with what I am sure is going to be a 50k bonus performance, submitting Nick Maximov in the first round in just over a minute. So look, Nick Maximov, now he's tasted defeat for the first time, and for Andre Petrosky, the ultimate fighter, he is a, well, he didn't win the ultimate fighter, but he's put all the blocks together since being given a go in the UFC, and he really surprised me here. He was the biggest underdog on the card, and he got it done in just over 60 seconds. Then we moved on to some flyweight action. It was a fight that I was really, really keen for. Tatsuru Taira up against Carlos Candelario. And look, Candelario did really well, Taira was going for that submission, which I thought he was going to win by either submission or decision, but I was leaning towards submission. And look, Tyra, he was going for it plenty of times, but Candelario did really well, was very tough, and managed to get through the whole 15 minutes. But in the end, the 22-year-old Japanese prospect in Tatsuru Taira getting a win, and he looks like definitely a prospect to watch in the flyweight division. Then we moved up to women's strawweight action, we had the ranked Vienna Jandiroba getting the win over Angela Hill. People may remember Vienna for coming out to Ireland Boys in her last fight. But yeah, she was very, very quality here. I had Jandiroba winning by decision. That's how she got it done. And the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt flexed all her skills. And whilst Angela Hill has clearly worked on hers, it wasn't enough to get the job done via the judges' scorecards. Jandiroba getting the win. Then we moved on to what could be another bonus performance, Michael Johnson, look, hasn't been in winning ways of late, and he finally got back in the win column with a second round knockout over Alain Patrick. And Michael Johnson, he said himself, his bank balance has gone down, his friends have gone down, everything has been going down since he's been losing. Well, he's going to get a lot of phone calls and texts now, a lot of people making themselves known once again. At least he knows who really has his back when times get tough, but Michael Johnson reminding everyone why he was once a lightweight championship contender. And then in the featured prelim, we had Vivian Araujo. How do you say that? Araujo? Goodness gracious. Araujo. Uh, look, I had her to get the win by decision. Pretty bold considering I can't even say her name properly, but look, she's very, very quality. She was the number eighth ranked women's flyweight. You'd have to say she'll probably move up in the rankings now with a win over Andrea Lee. And look, Andrea Lee started really fast, got a head kick in there, and Andrea looked like she was going to win this fight, either by finish or over the course of the distance. But it was Vivian Araujo who got the win in the featured prelim, One moves one step closer toward title contention as well. 
But now let's jump into the main card because we're about two minutes into the first round. Looks like there's a bit of shit going on as well. So myself and JJ sitting down to watch the action. And we're going to check in at the end of this main card opener. Flyweight action between Jake Hadley and Alan Nascimento. All right, we have reached the full 15 minutes between Hadley and Nascimento. I saw a couple of people actually tip. They thought Nascimento, I mean, he was at $7 odds to win by decision. So that is very, very quality work. And look, in my opinion, I think Nascimento has got it done in a pretty clear-cut victory as well. So Hadley tasting his first defeat on debut in the UFC. He looks very dejected. No hands up in the air from Hadley. In fact, he's taken a seat up against the cage. Very, very disappointed look on his face as well. So for Jake Hadley, going to taste career defeat for the first time. And Alan Nascimento. Well, now potentially a name to watch. And yeah, he's working at a great gym. So they've definitely got the right guys around him with the likes of... Look, the blonde hair, it's hard to tell. Everyone's rocking with the blonde hair. And actually, the last couple of Brazilians I'd seen with blonde hair... Um, trying to think now, Alain Patrick lost and Daniel De Silva lost, got floored. So look, the blonde team back in fashion. Jeez, I just stumbled through that. Um, but Charles de Bronx Oliveira as well in the corner of Nascimento, that is a real point of difference that potentially makes Nascimento a real threat. He is a submission specialist, wasn't able to get the job done here. Uh, but look, it's still going to decision. Looks like it's going to go to Nascimento as well. So well done to Alan Nascimento. For Jake Hadley, looks very disappointed. We'll jump onto the decision and then JJ's going to give his thoughts and comments on this fight. Alrighty, and unanimous for Nascimento there. Good win for him. You could clearly see he was uh, better versed on the ground when it went to ground. Hadley did try to keep on the feet when he could. Uh, especially the early parts of the rounds, but as soon as it went to ground, Nascimento was clearly the better fighter, the better grappler, and had most of the control time. There was a bit of back and forth across the rounds while on the ground, but yeah, it was a pretty clear decision for Nascimento, and we'll uh, see who he fights next. All right, up next, some lightweight action. We have Manuel Torres up against Frank Camacho. This one, look, it looks destined to end with a knockout finish. I've actually gone Frank Camacho on a double chance. I've gone Camacho by either decision or knockout. I do think there's a chance this one goes the distance. But Manuel Torres, the Mexican, on a three-fight win streak, definitely able to wrap up a finish as well. 11 first-round finishes, in fact, so that's definitely something to have a look into. If he gets another first-round finish here, well, then I am prepared to say Manuel Torres, a loco one to watch in the lightweight division, but I'm actually going to go against him here. I think Camacho can have the tool, or has the tools to be able to work out Manuel Torres and avoid getting knocked out. And ultimately, I think he can get it done by decision, but obviously all signs point to a knockout here. So that's why I've gone Camacho over Torres by either decision or knockout. But now myself and JJ are going to sit down and watch this one. Should be an absolute banger as well as Frank now making his way out. Smile on his face, looks very pumped and ready for this moment. Representing Guam as well. The only fighter from Guam. I was just about to ask, how many Guam fighters are there in the UFC? One. And here he is, Frank Camacho, representing Guam. Well, you know what? I'm getting on the Guam train. Let's go Guam. Let's go Frank Camacho. But regardless of the result, this should be a very fun fight to sit down and watch. 
Wowee, Manuel Torres, what a performance. Both guys, that had a bit of a fight of the night feel to it. Coming out, swinging, the intent was there from both of them. Knockout, plain and simple. Manuel Torres, I was just saying to JJ, I thought he was starting to edge ahead. And then he just started to lay the hammer down. And yeah, Manuel Torres with an unbelievable win, landed a huge uppercut. And look, when the fight was over, Herb Dean, Hob, Herb Dean called it. Uh, and look, you could have said maybe early, but like, yeah, Camacho was in real trouble. He probably didn't need to take too many strikes. And yeah, he, he wasn't in a rush to get back to his feet by any stretch of the imagination. So Manuel Torres, what a win. Unbelievable throwing some brutal strikes. And now Manuel Torres with 12 first round finishes. And yeah, he is going to be absolutely one to watch in the UFC. Four fight win streak as well. So keep your eyes out. For Manuel Torres, absolutely one to watch. That was a cracking fight. And before I jump onto JJ's thoughts as well, uh, I didn't jump onto this at the start of the podcast, but usually during week, the week I'd release my preview and predictions podcast. Uh, I'm just in the process of moving out in the next week or two. So this week and next week, I won't be doing the preview and predictions. And then from that point on, it will be regularly scheduled programming uh, back to it. And I will be releasing each week a proper preview and predictions and go through each of the cards and let you know which fights to get excited about. So that's definitely something to keep an eye out for. But just over the next couple of weeks, it'll just be thoughts and comments just so that I can get out of this house and get into a better one. And that will ultimately make all the UFC content significantly better. So a lot to look forward to. But Manuel Torres, speaking of a lot to look forward to, he's a kid with a lot to look forward to getting the knockout win. JJ, what do you think of that one? Yeah, nice win there from Torres. They both came out at a pretty uh, fast pace, looking to trade pretty much solely on the feet. It was only when Camacho got rocked that he, he kind of looked for maybe a takedown. But Camacho wore some big punches, and he didn't really show that he was rocked. And that, that probably played into why the stoppage looked a little early. I think he, uh, Heap, Herb Dean could see that uh, Camacho kind of had the googly eyes a little bit. So when he did get knocked to ground by that punch from Torres... Uh, I think it was pretty fair to call it there. But, um, yeah, nice performance from Torres. Watch watch for Camacho, though. I think he's definitely got durability in him, so we'll see who he's matched up against next. But, as you say, Torres, some lethal striking there. Okay, now for the next fight on this card. We've got ranked women's flyweights. Well, it's Amanda Rebus, who also has dabbled in the women's strawweight division, but moving back up to flyweight here, up against Catelyn Chikagan, who she is was ranked third last I checked, which was a little while ago. She won over Jennifer Meyer last time out by decision. There was talk where maybe the UFC may not even re-sign her because she just always wins by decision. So maybe we see her look for the knockout here. I think she's going to have a little bit more intent, although she's still fixated in that top three of the rankings. So look, I think Catelyn Chikagan, she's going to be a very tough ask. I've gone Chikagan by decision. In this one, that seems like the likely bet, but I'm expecting uh, expecting expecting Catlin to come out and throw plenty more, show a lot more intent to look for the finish. And there is also a very likely chance that Amanda Rebus can get the win here. She is a very quality fighter, so this isn't one of those lower level women's fights. This is a very high level one. I can't wait to sit down and watch how it goes. Catlin Chikagan, look, if it's another kind of snooze fest decision, then where do we go from here? But if she can make a statement and get a really great victory, well then all of a sudden, maybe she gets herself 
back in the frame for another shot at Valentina Shevchenko. So Kellen Chikagin up against Amanda Rebus. So this should be a really quality fight. Going to sit down with JJ now and watch it. We'll be back at the end with our thoughts and comments. All right, Rebus and Chikagin just came to an end in a flurry of screams and punches. Fortunately, none could uh, exact the killer blow, and we're going to decision. Tough to call here. I'm probably going to lean slightly towards Rebus, but not with much confidence. Um, but yeah, good fight. Chikagin couldn't get the finish. She was she was looking. She looked like she was looking for the finish. Uh, that had been a criticism that. She was a decision-type operator, but we're here. We're at decision again, and we'll see if she gets it done. All right, Catelyn Chikagin getting it done. And look, that was a really close one. Rebus looked really good at points there, but Chikagin, look, she's a flyweight fixture. Yet another decision victory for her. And yeah, myself and JJ, I, I was watching the fight, but I was also talking, getting very excited, just literally about to leave. This current house, which is hard, it's hard to record here. Not right now, uh, but oh, very excited. The UFC content is going to be good. JJ's got some esports content uh, for anyone who's so inclined for the online gaming. There'll be NRL, there'll be AFL, there's going to be spicy food, movie reviews. Fucking, there is going to be so much. We're just waiting until we can get out of here to pull the trigger. Uh, well, JJ's not getting out of here. He doesn't live here. Um, but... We're going to get out of here, so it's going to be fucking good. Catelyn Chikagan getting the win. Excitement starting to build for this card as well as we work toward the big fights. And look, Catelyn Chikagan still keeping herself in title contention through decision wins. So again, she didn't make that statement, but a statement made, I guess, nonetheless with the decision victory as we now move on to our next fight on the card. But as I said, very exciting. The UFC content is going to go... The trajectory is very much upward, so I am super excited. I hope you are too. And we're just getting a look as well at the next pay-per-view, which I will be doing a preview and predictions for that when it is. It's like June 11th, so there's still a bit of time for that. But I'll definitely be doing the full preview and predictions podcast, the full UFC thoughts and comments all the way from the early prelims. Card headlined by light heavyweight title action. Glover Teixeira defending his title against Yuri Prohaska. That is going to be one of the fights of the year. We've got another title fight in the co-main. I didn't quite see it, but I believe they're going with Kai Kara France and Brandon Moreno for the interim UFC flyweight strap. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena is on the card. I believe Blood Diamond's on the card. And look, the pay-per-view lineups coming up are spectacular. That one taking place in Singapore as well, so it's going to be historic. Going to be a lot of fun to watch, but first of all, speaking of a lot of fun to watch, up next we have Davy Grant up against Lewis Smolker in the bantamweight division. Davy Grant, I think he's going to be too much to handle. Lewis Smolker, whilst he's quality, I just can't envision him getting the win here. Davy Grant is a prospect that I am still very high on, and I think he's going to get the job done here by knockout. So I'm taking Davy Grant by knockout. We're going to sit down now and watch how it plays out, but. This could be an exciting fight. I still think there's definitely room for fight of the night bonus to be handed out. We've seen some performance of the night bonus contenders. I think the opener, Andre Petrosky, he is the most likely to pick up a bonus at this stage. Uh, but fight of the night, still waiting for one that really screams fight of the night contender. We have seen some good ones. Three very good ones coming up. And I think our fight of the night is most likely going to come from one of these three fights. So... Bantamweight, uh, bantamweight in action. 
That's a new one. Uh, David Grant up against Lewis Smolker, taking Grant by knockout. Let's sit down and see how it plays out before the wheels totally fall off with my English. Okay, David Grant. Wow. That's a definite potential fight of the night contender. And I think out of the knockouts on the card, that is the one we may see get the 50k bonus check. Davy Grant, as I said, I just, uh, I don't know, Lewis Smolker, he's quality, but I think Bantamweight stepping up into that division, just the hits are a bit harder. And Davy Grant, he is a fight finisher. Getting it done there. JJ, you had your eyes fixated on that one. What were your thoughts? Yeah, it was a pretty good battle. I mean, Grant was absolutely dominant in the first round there. I think Smolker ate over 60 shots. So pretty impressive just to get to Good, the second yeah, round. Yeah, it's pretty resilient. Yeah, yeah, David Grant was throwing from the whole time, from the get-go, a lot of like calf kicks, or not calf kicks, to the lead leg. Yeah. A lot of kicks, body punches, strikes. I think the, I think the kicks were a key element because uh, Grant shifted away from the kicks in the second round, and that's when Smoker actually came back into it and was able to land a, a few good combinations. Then, once he got to the third round, good instruction from Grant's corner was like, work that leg again, work that leg, and... Lo and behold, it only took about 50 more seconds for him to get it done. So Yeah, very impressed with that. The Englishman, Dangerous Davy. They don't call him Dangerous Davy for no reason, getting it done in the bantamweight division. No doubt he'll have a higher level of opponent next time out. With the greatest respect to Lewis Smoker, who uh, we're both smokers, so <laughs> we, we respect his grind and his hustle. And it's not easy in the UFC. So I wonder, is he permanently a bantamweight now? Does he try and go back down? to flyweight and kind of what what the future holds for Lewis Smoker. But what I do know is that David Grant has some really good matchups ahead of him. I'm interested to see who they matchmake him with next as we lead now into this co-main event. Now, we've obviously got the light heavyweight main event, but we've got a light heavyweight co-main event as well. Ryan Spann, uh, I believe it was Misha Serkinov who he knocked out in like 17 seconds uh, recently, like absolutely floored him. And then Ryan Spann, he had his main event opportunity against Anthony Lionheart-Smith. And look, he got knocked out in the first round, totally outclassed by the veteran who felt disrespected by Ryan Spann's comments. But Spann, he's a hustler, he's a grinder. He's literally just trying to provide for his family in all the highlights and things I've seen of him outside of the cage. Like, he's just doing this to try and make a living. So I think he's going to bounce back. He's going to have learned some lessons from that main event opportunity. But he's going up against Eon Kutalaba, who... I, has, is he still in the rankings? I don't know if he's dropped out. Sorry, as I said, two weeks of not doing the previews and predictions. I get a little bit out of the loop. But Eon Kutalaba, he is no doubt a rising contender in the division. It remains to be seen whether he'll get his way all the way to the title shot. But look, he's known for his antics at the weigh-ins. Always a bit of a colourful character, but very intense and aggressive as well. He's painted himself green before. He's known as the Hulk. And I think he's going to come here to smash. So, look, whilst I think Ryan Spann has learned some lessons, Kutilaba, he's in that point where he can now, if he wins this, move up to a really big name opponent. So, I think Kutilaba is going to get the win here by knockout. I can see this one maybe going to decision. Maybe Ryan Spann tries, I don't know, fuck that actually. I don't think this is going to decision. I think we're going to see a knockout here. So, I'm going to take Eon Kutilaba. Myself and JJ, we're going to sit down and watch this co-main event, give our thoughts and comments, and then it will be time for the huge main event, five rounds between the former champion Jan Blahovic and the emerging contender Alexander Rakic. Now, I will be cheering on Jan Blahovic. I am of Polish heritage, so 
no doubt, always get the big lift for the Polish fighters. Unfortunately for Blahovic, he lost the title last time out to Glover Teixeira, who that was an awesome moment. Like, I was really happy to see Glover get the win there. But Rakic, like, I hark back. He's had some awesome moments, but I hark back to his fight against Nikita Krylov, which was boring as shit. So I don't know if he's going to look to push the pace here. I don't... This has potential to be a massive banger. That's what JJ said as well. But this also has potential, if they don't push the pace, to kind of be a bit underwhelming but i'm going to take the half glass full approach and say this is going to be an absolute banger of a main event and i am really hoping jan blahovic can get that win and keep his name relevant in the title picture because obviously the light heavyweight title fight happening next month whoever wins this can definitely make a claim to get the next title shot after that so very intrigued to see what happens in the main event but first of all let's get to our co-main also taking place in the light heavyweight division. It is Eon Kutalaba up against Ryan Span. Holy shit. Ryan Superman Span. They don't call him Superman for nothing, obviously. Uh, wowee. That, that is definitely something. That is definitely something. So Ryan Span, look, he came out, he rocked Kutalaba early, but then Kutalaba started to use his grappling uh, and then just in a quick exchange, they were between the feet and the mat. And then once they get to the feet, Ryan Spann just locked up, got Kudalaba's neck, just trying to work out exactly what's happening here. So he got his arm under the neck, absolutely cranked it. As he brought him down to the floor, he gained full momentum and the instant tap out from his opponent, Kudalaba. And Ryan Spann, that is the exact kind of bounce back win that he needed. Now he is back in contention, like... Not immediately title contention, but a loss here, and he would have really dipped out of the picture. Whereas a win, and he's straight back into light heavyweight relevancy. Remember that his last fight was a main event. He is in the co-main event here, so he's an absolute relevant name when it comes to the light heavyweight division. And that first round submission finish over Kutalaba just proved that. So Ryan Superman Span, no doubt he is pumped about that one. Biggest win of his career as well. So, look, uh, I am just totally, totally in awe of that finish, getting it done. And, look, I thought it was definitely... There was potential for Ryan Spann to get the win. I thought maybe by knockout. But, yeah, I didn't see it going down like that. So, congratulations to Ryan Superman Spann. Going to check his interview with Michael Bisping, and then JJ's going to jump in with his thoughts and comments. All righty, bit of a statement performance there from Superman Spann. Good counterattack, actually. Uh, Eon Kudalaba had the the most of the early exchanges. He was the most proactive in that first bit of that first round, but he kind of slipped there, and uh, when Span locked up that headlock, he dumped him, and there was a lot of pressure on the neck, causing Kudalaba to tap out. So we'll see where Span goes next. Also, be interesting to keep an eye on Kudalaba. Definitely a lot of menace uh, in him, so we'll see where they both end up after this. All right, we're about to get into the main now. Blahovich versus Rakic, or should be a banger. I'm smelling a bit of a knockout here. Both men got power. I know you're a little bit concerned about Rakic and how he's going to come out, whether he's going to come out and, and push the pace here. He might be a little cautious with Blahovich, knowing the kind of power that he does have. But yeah, I'm pumped for this one. Could possibly be the fight of the night. Uh, there's been some good ones, none that's kind of jumped out as the key as the clear performance uh fight of the night excuse me but this one really could be and will we see all five rounds i'm not sure 
as I said, a lot of power here. Can't wait to get into this one and see how it plays out. And because it's the main card, we're going to jump in with our thoughts and comments fresh after every round. If it goes the whole way, we'll see how it plays out. All right, referee Mark Smith bringing the first round to a close. Highly entertaining. Like, if this goes anywhere near 25 minutes, this is the fight of the night for sure. Rakic, he slipped early, and Yanni, he tried to swing this big, like, kick to the face, but just missed. And somewhere early, Rakic nailed Jan just under the eye. So Blahovic, he is bleeding, has a cut under the eye that has clearly been bothering him, but he's fighting really well. It's been a very, very close round. Both guys have had their moments. I would say this is most likely not going to decision. I've taken Blahovic by knockout, but I also did a little side value bet of Blahovic by decision, but I'm taking the underdog here. After that round, look, there's still another 20 minutes of this to go. I don't think it's going to be required. That's why I'm not super score-based. Although we do see a lot of Apex fights go the full distance. But this atmosphere has been electric. The crowd are pumping. They are screaming out. I think this is the loudest I've heard the UFC Apex since they've relocated here and based so many like of their fight cards from here. This is the loudest I've heard the Apex. So this has a real main event feel about it. Jan Blahovic for number one ranked and Rakic number three. Sorry, it's just we're seven seconds into the second. They are coming straight out. So myself and JJ, I think it's going to be JJ for end of the second round, potentially end of the fight with some thoughts and comments on this light heavyweight main event. Alrighty, second round just finished up. Mostly on the ground that round, actually. Uh, early in the round, Blahovic nailed a couple of good punches. <clears throat> Excuse me. Rakic clearly concerned with the power, so tried to get it to ground. He did a bit of a counterattack there from Blahovic, where it looked like he maybe had a, a, his neck in a bit of a choke there. But the rest of the round played out mainly with Rakic on top. Uh, and yeah, they got to the end of the round. So 1-1, one, one, you'd probably say. Um, let's see how round three goes. What? Wow, looks like some kind of leg leg finish. I don't know exactly. We'll just quickly mute that. Wow. I need an exact replay on that. But Jan Blahovic getting it done. My bet is up. I'm pretty pumped. The people in the crowd, a lot of Polish flags. Very pumped. Jan Blahovic. Look, it, I believe he's next to challenge for the belt after Yuri Prohaska. Uh, it seems like that accumulative leg damage, like, it seemed to happen out of nowhere, but let's not forget round one, where a lot of the leg kicks from Rakic were checked by Jan Blahovic, and Blahovic throwing out some leg kicks of his own, and his leg just seems to have given out. They're looking toward the knee, not sure exactly where, but yeah, Rakic can't even stand. It was just a kick to the calf, and it seemed to just blow out, uh, oh, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. Oh, it wasn't even the leg that he got kicked on either. So maybe some kind of just accident or injury, but it does not discredit Jan Blahovic and the pressure that he put put on and the accumulative damage. So, wow, a bit of an innocuous finish, but Jan Blahovic getting it done. Uh, he was a, oh. the underdog, pretty decent odds as well to get the victory. So that is a technical knockout victory for Jan Blahovic. He will be challenging for the belt next. That is my opinion after the Prohaska and Teixeira fight. JJ, what are your thoughts and comments on this main event? Yeah, oh, I'm just grimacing. We're seeing the replay now. It looked innocuous, but we can see on the slow-mo that as Rakic stepped back, his knee dislocated. And I believe that 
had some sort of pressure on, on one of the ligaments, you know, the medial or the ACL type stuff. So I believe that's what's caused it. It wasn't actually a direct strike. So a little bit curious, but um, I mean, I imagine Rakic is pretty bummed right now. Obviously, he probably can't walk. He might be in pain, but yeah, maybe it was due to the accumulated leg damage that quite could have been a possibility, but it did look like his rear leg. So I'm sure we'll get a greater, oh, he's limping to the decision now. So he's clearly, he's clearly hobbled. And uh, yeah, very interesting fight. Probably would like to see a replay of, of them like duke it out again because it was definitely looking like an absolute banger of a fight. And yes, we see Blahovich with his hand raised. So yeah, like to get a bit more on the fallout from that. But um, Blahovich gets it done. All right. In the post-fight interview, Jan Blahovich he talked about how he thought the next logical step is a title shot for him. I totally agree. Now we're seeing the advertisement, perfect timing. Glover Teixeira defending the light heavyweight title up against Yuri Prohaska in Singapore. That is going to be one hell of a card. There will be thoughts and comments. There will be preview and predictions. A lot of content surrounding that card. I believe we know who the next man up is now through Jan Blahovich. And Glover even tweeted out, he said, Jan, if you win this, I'm going to go and win in Singapore and we'll run it back. So that could be a great story, of course. Glover's moment winning the belt was such a huge moment. Both guys are such veterans as well. They've well and truly paid their dues. It's not like, oh, Blahovich just lost the title. Like, why are you giving him another title shot? Well, he's the number one ranked. He is a veteran. He has more than paid his dues. So Jan Blahovich sticking with that number one ranking. Now Alexander Rakic, interesting to see what happens with him in the rankings. And light heavyweight. Getting really exciting at the moment. Names like Paul Craig, Jamala Hill. You've got unknown entities like Dominic Reyes. Like his three losses now. We don't know exactly where Reyes is at. Volkan Uzdemir, who has been announced for a fight against Paul Craig coming up in London. So look, there's a lot of exciting fights coming up in the light heavyweight division. I believe they're going to be doing Jamal Hill main eventing against Tiago Moreta Santos as well. So light heavyweight getting very, very exciting. John Jones, of course, leaving the goat of the division. But since he's left, you know, things, it's taken a bit of time. Things really, truly starting to gel now. Very exciting main event. I'm stoked for my fellow Polishman, Jan Blachowicz. I believe title shot is next for him. I know JJ's going to just have a few thoughts and comments on Alexander Rakic, who he's a fan of. And yeah, things getting very, very exciting in the light heavyweight division. So I can't wait for the upcoming pay-per-view and some really, really high-profile light heavyweight fights coming up as well. So JJ, Alexander Rakic, time to get your thoughts. You're a big fan. It was it was a tough ending, but yeah, the leg kick, accumulative damage. But you've said yourself and even Jan Bohovic said to Rakic, this could be a future champion right here. Yeah, pretty unfortunate there for Rakic in how that one ended. I mean, I guess it was a technicality in terms of how it played out. Um, it looks like he's got the full skill set, though. Power will be a question mark going forward for sure, but he definitely roughed um, Blahovic up there, got him bleeding for sure. And at that point in time, I believe the, the contest was probably even, so they're going to have to run it back. Like, they have to run it back. Obviously, Blahovic is going to take on Teixeira next, assuming Teixeira wins. Um, but Blahovic up next for the for the title again. 
And then I can see them doing probably a rematch for the title. That could be the scenario. And yeah, I tend to agree that Rakic could be the successor to Blahovic uh, if Blahovic does get the title back. So, so plenty to take place going forward in the light heavyweight division. Interest to see what's up next. Do you want to wrap it up now, Mick? Uh, I'll wrap it up from a distance, just from over here. Why not? Not much else to say. Really exciting times ahead in terms of UFC content and the future podcasts. So this one and then next weekend's, look, the absolute goal is for next weekend's fight night to be confirmed. I'll already know what the next move is and where this new house is. So look, very exciting times. There's going to be some fun build up. That is going to be an awesome thoughts and comments to get into. But Jan Blahovic in the main event of this one, getting it done. And if you enjoyed the podcast, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at not just a sports report and follow us on whatever podcast 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 platform you are listening on podcast and you'll be able to hear whenever we release new podcasts and from about next week onwards well after next week onwards sorry the ufc preview and predictions podcasts will be returning for every card we've got the massive one in singapore coming up and plenty of others so really really exciting times i'm sure you can hear from my excitement in my voice, how fucking pumped I am. So yeah, last couple of like, you know, get through these podcasts and yeah, the quality is about to go up another notch. So if you enjoyed this, you are going to love what's to come. If you hated this, you're going to love what's to come. And yeah, thanks for listening. Until next time, take care of yourselves.